Hello, welcome to shoot. No, damn it, doing that again. <laughs> what is this? You gotta leave dark that in. Ha- yeah, dark habits in the mode of our podcast. I'm Spencer. Joel is not here. He's busy hanging out with his cat Polu. But mm-hmm. instead, I have returning from Giant Guitar episode. Uh, Jessica. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> and um, uh. I guess becoming like MVP of, of the of the podcast, uh, Amanda. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me back, Spencer. I, I hope that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So this episode is on Funeral Parade of Roses. This is a movie that I first saw. Like, uh, I have the blue right in front of me. You don't know what your the blue. Oh, you have the Cinelicious oh. one. Yes. Was it's it? awesome. Uh, 2017. So I pre-ordered it in 2017 because mm-hmm. I, I was uh, I read about it like once or twice and and I forgot even where I heard of it. And so it's kind of become a, a favorite movie that I I watch like once like at least once a year or so. And it's also a movie that um I'll be uh I don't know how to say it's in not awkward way. Me being a straight man, I feel. I feel weird talking about it with like just straight dudes. <laughs> I will <laughs> say the same as a straight woman. So <laughs> thank you, Spencer, for saying that. <laughs> yeah, and it's just one of those things. Just like, yeah, yeah, and so like that's that's, that's why I, uh, I like certain movies coming up on like where I kind of don't want, I don't want just me and Joel talk about because like there's enough podcasts of straight dudes talking about everything, mm-hmm. and it's. I'd rather get a variety of opinions slash stuff that I don't know that much about. You don't want to turn it into the Kendom podcast? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 And slash, is, this is an artsy-fartsy movie where it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Also, I don't know how to talk about it. Yep. Because <laughs> yep. I'm still trying to figure out how to talk about artsy stuff. But, uh, yes. So, this is, uh, well, okay, um... Well, Jessica, had you heard of this movie before uh, I mentioned it to you? I had heard of it. I knew nothing about it. I don't even think I knew what it was about. I knew the title, mm-hmm. and I knew it was kind of a major art house film, mm-hmm. a Japanese art house film of the late 60s, but that was honestly all I knew. Oh, okay. Uh, Amanda, so this was, you... yeah, my first time. Okay. I, I ordered the Blu-ray online, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was the first time I'd seen it. That's very cool. Okay. Uh, did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. It was it was it was great. Yeah, no, okay. I really liked it a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. um, Amanda, had you heard of it before? Yeah, um, I've got the Blu-ray a few years ago. I've seen it a few times. I rewatched it today. Um, you know, talk about putting it off to the last minute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also I also love it. And I think uh, it definitely is an example of something that I think if more people knew it existed, they'd love it and they'd talk about it. Um, and I hope more people discover it because it's I think it's wonderful and it's I mean I don't want to dive too quickly into it but I just love how it's a combination of so many different styles and it's just bold and brave and it does so many different things and um, yeah I think it's amazing and again I hope like this at least if somebody listens to this they decide to you know pick up the blu-ray or find it online somewhere I think maybe on canopy you could rent it um, because it's definitely in need of more people discovering it yes and this is um 
Uh, this is like a, 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 a classic of like queer cinema for Japan. Mm-hmm. And it's also. Um, I don't right, well, Also, uh, this is like. It's just like artsy fartsy bullshit at the same time, where it's like it's very <laughs> obviously a first yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the best and worst ways, which is what I part of what I like about it. It's just so free flowing and kind of like I don't it doesn't know, give a, a shit. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It's like kind of punk rock in that way. Very much so. Yeah. But, yeah, but um, so I, I guess like I don't think it's you can really spoil it because the movie spoils itself before the movie even ends yeah um i mean i guess i don't know i don't even know if it's a spoiler alert because it came out in the 60s but like um it's essentially a really cool stylish important um bold version of oedipus rex is what it is yeah um and that's something i love about it and then just to the points you made it's just um it's just very free and it kind of just moves from different styles and tells a backstory and sometimes turns into a documentary a bit. And it just, I guess, I don't know, cause I love Agnes Varda and we've talked about her a bit on this podcast. Like it reminds me a little bit of Agnes Varda with just, um, this interest in people and in humanity and in their energy. And there's a lot of that in this too. And so that's something I really love about it. Yeah. And so the, the star of it, Peter or Peter, yeah. as like, that's a more correct, uh, uh, Japanese way to say it. Um, uh, okay, I've seen Peter List uh, used as used she and he in mm-hmm. various places. And I tried to find interviews with Peter that are translated, but I couldn't really find anything. Yeah, d- don't count on me. I watch Japanese movies, but I could not tell you the first thing about that language. So. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, like. I don't know. Uh, and so I don't know what, what I'll. I'll, I'll use they for, for Peter because I'm or, or or say Peter because I'm not really sure what the correct how protagonist. Yeah. Yep. We're the protagonist. And, and like most people would know Peter from Ron or Ran the Kurosawa movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, they are the jester character in it. Okay. And, oh, that, oh, that's cool. Now, all right. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Now I yeah, remember. Great in it too. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah, and they are also in the best Zatoichi movie, Zatoichi movie, the one with Nakadai in it as the a villain. Fire Festival one, I think. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and okay. that was the first Shit. one I ever saw Peta, but I, I like that movie a lot. But the Fire Festival, so like the whole joke is Peta's gay and wants to fuck Zatoichi, mm-hmm. and it kind of gets like, yeah, yeah, cool, I get it. <laughs> I mean, I need to watch rewatch those now. That's cool. All right. Yeah, the movie is really good. Just like this, the the gay joke stuff. So like, okay, I, I I understand. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um. Okay, so to start, uh, I, I guess like the, the first off, like, I've seen people call this a trans movie. I've seen people call this like, like. Like I, I, at the time, like we, their discussion wasn't wasn't where it is now. Mm-hmm. They use the same ter- terminology, so I don't know what the correct uh, like way to even refer to it. Yes. Yeah. Because like, the whole thing. Well, oh. I was just gonna say. I mean, to me, it's a. I mean, it is trans, and I mean, these were trans characters. Even if we mm-hmm. probably, okay. they probably. The language is different than what we'd use now. I mean, I think a lot of these characters do 
But the thing is, it's culturally different and, and, and time period. It's different in how they were talking about these things, but they do kind of fit along trans culture. But it's very much about like gay underground culture as well in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, even here in the U.S., that was kind of mixed together as one thing, um, mm-hmm. which it seems to be that was the case there as well. I mean, there's going to be cultural differences I'm probably not aware of. Right. Um, but uh, it does seem like it's kind of similar in the way that we also used to um, kind of combine those as one, as one thing. Yeah, so uh, I, I guess like to get like the, the ugly part of the, of, of the movie out of the way, this is, I guess this is another, this is another example of the trans killer thing. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like malicious the way it, can easily turn. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know really how else to really get into it, but it's like, because yeah. the whole Oedipus thing is it's a reversal instead of killing the dad and then right, uh, it's the mother. The mom. Yeah, he kills mm-hmm. the mom. He, uh, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not making an excuse for it, but yeah. also like he saw his mother with another man that wasn't his father or her father. Like like yeah. at that point in time, like it wasn't. It wasn't, you know, so so I can't imagine, I mean, I, how would I know? I can't imagine, I'm not making an excuse for it, but I can't imagine that emotional, you know, it's, it's so in that way it's different than, than Oedipus Rex, um, yeah. that it was an emotional like it, response. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like Signs of the Lambs, which right. like, has a lot of good, good qualities, but like the the whole Buffalo Bill thing is has aged not great, obviously. Right. But... And by, by this movie, like it's instead of like having the shocker be like, and here's the villain, and they're weird and kill people. This is like the main character has a trauma, tra- traumatic. It's trauma, past. correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. it feels often to me like the filmmaker is trying to kind of explore. I guess I mean we we probably wouldn't view it in the same way that the filmmaker he does at the time. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he's trying to explore like, well, you know, what what makes a person kind of like this? What, you know, and again, that may be problematic by modern views, but he's mainly just trying to understand and he's using the um, Oedipus story, mm-hmm. uh, which has murder, um, as kind of his, uh, his structure for understanding that and for kind of trying to, mm-hmm. to, to work through these <sighs> ideas. Right. Yeah. So uh, I guess we're gonna get into like what, um, uh, what what did you think of this movie? Like what what like what was what like what's your what was your gut reaction to it? I don't. No pressure, Jessica. Do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I'll go. Um, okay. This I had never seen it before. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I thought it was really funny at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, I mean, it's definitely a art house movie of the late 60s, so there is kind of this looseness to it that I don't always maybe connect with for myself, but mm-hmm. even along those lines, even that, I liked it probably better than a lot of those. Um, I know that this filmmaker had some relation with um, Nagisa Oshima, and I could definitely mm-hmm. see some of those same, like, uh, kind of art house bonafides between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, in general, it, uh, yeah, I just loved it. I thought it was great. I thought Eddie, um, the main character of Eddie, uh, you know, Peter, um, was really gripping 
gripping mm-hmm. to see on screen. Yeah, I, like uh, I, I forgot it was on. No, this is on Zebra's America. They talked about this. May I can't remember, like three years ago, four years ago. They kind of been on hiatus for a while because Marcus is a dad now. Yeah, <laughs> which is a a good reason to go on hiatus. But um, she is a film person. She writes. Uh, they always have really good guests. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah so I have, when you, yeah. I have to I'll re-listen to, to it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't really like title their episodes, so like, I have to no, kind they of, don't. like listen. <laughs> it's very but, organic. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but they pointed out um, uh, that what makes like one of the things that makes this movie so revolutionary is that like the character Eddie is never like crying in tears and doing and doing her makeup she's just you know, like when she's do like they're just like quiet moments of like this is this eddie's life yeah here's eddie doing her makeup she's putting on her lashes she's can't choose her outfit for for today and it's just like it just shows like like queer people as people <laughs> yeah it's yeah and um it's definitely um i don't i loved um i think something i really loved was the fashion in the movie and i'm not a fashionable person but i just loved i just loved how eddie and eddie's circle of friends are very much that that's their thing and um great (laughs) they look amazing and uh i especially love like the the scenes where they're like in a in a Mm -hmm. store uh you know kind of just like browsing and shopping but they always look amazing and then um I just love kind of what that that statement that that's also making of like modern Japan and versus the other the other character Lita if I remember correctly mm-hmm. um, yes um, where Lita's much more traditional with the kimono and everything so I kind of love that like that difference there okay. that was probably one of my favorite parts of, of of just Eddie as a character honestly yeah, like the the image for me of, that makes this movie is uh, Eddie and uh, the other girls at the urinals. Yeah. And then, like, yes. the guy, and they see the guy walking. Yes. <laughs> and, like, the, just that image, just like, like. It's great. It's, yeah, it's just fucking great. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, as an image, as a piece of imagery, it's kind of, I don't know, it kind of became a, a joke uh, mm. in, I guess, the modern way that people talked about yeah. trans issues. Mm-hmm. But at least you know for that moment back then there is something very striking about it. like it's it's very funny but it feels like it it feels bold as well. It's very it's, bold. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I love it. <laughs> yeah, it feels very early John Waters and that like this like, mm-hmm. what, what, like early queer like cinema like Kenneth Anger yeah. stuff like that is just yeah. Uh, who's the other guy? Sean Sean Cocteau is that it's just yep. wild and expressive and artistic and it, it there's like a very clear like we're not going to do what normal what, what like normal hollywood does fuck that we're just going to have fun and play with the format and that's what makes it great is that it's not following any sort of you know previous conventions and it does what it wants and i think that's probably what gets me to love this um just as much as i do just because of how just the entire movie is bold and is making a statement and um i think I just love how there was a lot of imagery like that that reminded me of what you just mentioned and also at the same time um a lot of the like really intimate scenes which is kind of you know arms and and chests and faces Mm -hmm. made me really think of um uh, what's the movie um alan renee uh it's the uh, hiroshima monomore oh yeah definitely it really made especially the opening i was like oh like like this is like it was it's just um 
I don't know what the the word is, but it just it just made me like I just couldn't look away from it. Like it was just like it's it's amazing, and the lighting is great. Like the movie's beautiful, and um, but at the same time, I think yeah. it's it's a hard movie to recommend to people just because it, it doesn't. You couldn't say it is a certain specific genre. Like you couldn't throw it into that box. It's just so many different things. No. Yeah. So um uh, uh Jessica, like what uh what uh what did you like about this movie? I mean <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> the movie, I guess. But uh <laughs> beyond that, I mean there's just something about that character. Um yeah. the character of uh of Eddie is you know, actually, as much as I like the character, I was gonna say, mm. you know, and it, it's true that the character herself is yeah. she's so gripping, and um, I don't know how often I, especially in older movies, but even in more recent ones, I don't know how often I feel like I get to see a character just a, a trans character mm-hmm. just kind of existing. Like there is a plot happening around her, mm-hmm. but it feels like many of the scenes are just. I love the scenes where it's just like, you know, like you said, them shopping. I like that one where they run into that, that group of women. Yep. These kind of ones of them just kind fantastic. of out <laughs> and around. It's so funny. Um, but on the other side of that is there's this contextualization they do by having those, um, the, uh, the documentary style interviews mm-hmm. inter- interspersed throughout the film uh, with the actual... Uh, trans actors and it mm-hmm. um, uh, you know and as the film refers to them as, as uh, I think gay boys is that right? Yeah yes. that's what they were referred to as yeah. Um, and they you know they self refer to as that um, yep. and there's something about like you know the way they talk about their own lives how at least more than once someone is asked like are you going to keep doing this and they're like yeah that's the plan <laughs> <laughs> and it provides this it it makes it feel more authentic, more more real, more lived in. I mm-hmm. think it's yeah, and yeah. it's like you get also get a variety of answers. Like like one of them is like it's fun now, but I don't know if I want to keep on doing <laughs> oh, it. Oh yeah, there's one like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and there's another one um, which I kind of like because so when you look at a lot of older. Um, just media in general about trans people, it mm-hmm. kind of um, makes them uh, just synonymous with, with being gay, which this one does as well. Yep. But there's that one interview where uh, um, the, the trans woman, where she's asked if, uh, you know, like, do you, do, do you sleep with women? Do you not? Mm-hmm. And she doesn't just outright say no, you know, uh, she could easily say, because they ask if some of them do sleep with right. women or not. Right. And she doesn't. Like, it's clear that, because a lot of it, you know, kind of flattens that when you look at older stuff. It, but it kind of showed, I mean, she didn't give a, an, a straight answer to that. Mm-hmm. But that she didn't, I thought was interesting, because you don't see a lot of that in older in older depictions of uh, um, of trans people, of trans women. Right. And I think that's just uh, it's something we've already kind of discussed quite a bit, where this clearly was not a mainstream film, so no. we were <laughs> we were able to, to have, you know, this discussion, this conversation, and, and yeah. show people for what they are, people. <laughs> not... Yeah, and there's nuance to it that you don't, again, right. you really don't see in a lot of stuff from that same period. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, one thing I recently learned about uh, Japan at this point in time was, I think, I believe it was the year this movie came out, uh, the government outlawed um, transition surgery. Good. Because they were so terrified of uh, different people wanting to choose what they want to do with their life, I guess. I don't know <laughs> oh, what God. the fucking reason is. But it's just kind of weird. Sounds like this, <laughs> this, it's just so crazy. Like the years we came out was the year the Japanese government was like, "We don't, we can't, we can't handle this." But it got they reversed. It's basically, it. what they're saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they reversed. I think in the eighties or nineties, I can't remember when. But uh, yeah, it's just such weird timing of of that. Yeah. Also, there's shows like nothing really, like stuff changes. It's just, it's just mm. a very slow. Or it, it starts to go backwards. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. With, with, with any progress, there's pushback. That's true. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's an annoying thing about learning history is like, oh, there's social progress for people? Oh, okay, now I'm going to read about some depressing shit for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> It does, unfortunately. We do revert backwards and repeat history. It's as tired as that seems. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I also, I realize now, just even talking about this with both of you, um, that, um, and mentioning Agnes Varda, um, Eddie reminds me a bit of Cleo, too. And I don't know if that's because oh. Cleo's, I don't know if that's because Cleo is so fashionable, too, but I think there's more to it. Um, and I don't know, I guess I have to think about this a bit, but I was just like, she reminds me of Corinne Marchand. Like, this is... This is um this is a lot of Cleo to me like so I don't I don't know what your both of your thoughts are on that do you did you get that I, feeling too? It's been a while since I've seen it, but there is something about the world in both those movies that is yeah. pushing and grabbing at their heroines and yeah. they're kind of they're they're weathering that storm. I mean yeah it, things in differently for you know in different ways for both of them but yeah right. I, I honestly i hadn't really ever thought about it before but i can see it hmm. yeah i have to rewatch cleo from five to seven yeah. now but i was like yeah <laughs> there's definitely a similar energy mm-hmm. between there is a similar like, energy yeah and just like the filmmaking is very like i don't know how far varda got Varda movies got around the world but yeah but i i wouldn't be surprised if toshio is it matsumoto matsumoto you know like watch a couple of art movies and realized oh you can just have fun with the format of a film you can just yeah and play uh, around right and the human experience is awesome and um i love you know the documentary you know style too and inserting that because they're both doing that so yeah i i have to imagine these art house filmmakers from around the world whether you know it was in japan or uh, uh france or sweden you there was this movement happening Mm -hmm. over 10 15 years that they were all a part of i can't imagine that they were you know they were all seeing each other's movies in one way or another through film festivals and other other venues i can't imagine that um any of these people weren't drawing influences from each other that's true yeah i think probably jonas mikas was an influence because they actually named Mm. name dropped jonas mikas (laughs) at one point but the it's not gravera it's the other other person there gets the first letters wrong and, and uh, reverses it. And there's also, I don't know, both of you, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's also like a Pasolini poster, isn't there in this? Like, I'm trying to remember, um, wasn't it a Pasolini movie? Yes. I want to say maybe it's Oedipus Rex, but I might Is it be that thinking, on the nose? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. 
Okay. Uh, um, in like the it's not back, Medea. In the background <laughs> of, um, not Pink Flamingos, the one before that. Oh um, God. The one with the 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 just the, the monster that rapes Divine. Mm. It's a John Waters movie, so if you don't yeah. know what I'm talking about, it's not it's it's not gross. It's like so absurd, stupid. That's the fucking point. Let's <laughs> 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 make that clear. <laughs> oh God. Oh man, I don't remember. I know what you're talking about, but I just don't remember it right now. Yeah, I'm sure if, I'll remember it in a bit. There's a Pasolini poster in the background of that one, mm-hmm. and I'm. It's not Teorama, it's either Oedipus Rex or it's uh, Pigsty. It's one okay. of the late 60s ones. I can't remember which one it is. But there's like a Pasolini poster in Funeral mm-hmm. Parade. I, just can't, I, I, I can't tell you which one it is. It's going to bother me, but you know what? I'll think of it probably after we're like, hey, have a good night. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you usually I'm good on that. On yeah. posters. Yeah. Honestly, though, I'm gonna be a little disappointed if it is uh, Oedipus Rex because that's, like I said, <laughs> a little too. Uh, hey, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So uh, okay, uh, what am I good at? Um, I don't know if did any of you watch uh, recently or ever see any of Matsumoto's short films. No, I saw on my on the Blu-ray I have yeah. it, it comes with them. I was reading a little bit about them, but I haven't seen them. Are they are they worth watching? Are they interesting? Yeah, um, I um, decided to. I was like, hey, I'll watch the. Um, and I am sorry, anybody that actually speaks Japanese, I am going to kill this. Uh, Nishijin, um, the like sixty-one uh, film, and it's it sounds kind of boring, like if you're not into weaving, but that's literally what it is. But then it becomes this whole other thing um without me spoiling it and it's um very much reminded me of course of you know funeral parade of roses like his style's there and we're doing all sorts of wild things with it and it is um also bold but uh for an entirely different reason and i don't want to spoil it like i said but um it was it was kind of amazing um and it definitely i was way more invested than i expected to be in something that is not one of my interests (laughs) so yeah um so I, I rewatched that recently, and uh, it's definitely we are uh, we we are more deserving of uh, more people knowing who Matsumoto is, and uh, I I'm afraid that there's even in, in film circles that's not the case. Yeah, I, the only people I know who have seen this are Martin Kessler. Of course, I know, sh- shocking. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Bradley um, from Movies from Hell. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you had me guess, I would have probably guessed those two. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, Bradley got oh, yeah. to see us in a theater. Cause, uh, oh, what? that'd be amazing. Holy I shit. feel like the story was it was the 80s or something. He was high on acid. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a, a standard Bradley story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that just totally, totally fits it. So. Um. Yeah, so. Um, okay. Uh. Like the thing is that like this movie I love so much, but at the same time like I love everything about it. So I'm, but okay, so one thing I do want to get into is just like the the format of it mm. and like the filmmaking and yeah. how like I don't know for for YouTube, but I love the giant shifts in tone where you get like the more serious like here's this here's a dr- dramatic uh, Oedipus storyline, and yep. then you get a a hard cut and it's like 
here's Guevara and Eddie and all their friends and they're getting high and uh, taking off their clothes <laughs> and watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. I love that too. It's like the movie has this just um, this energy to it, but it just feels organic. And um, I mean, again, like I'm, I'm struggling with words here, but it, that's where I'm reminded of Varda. It's just, it, it's this very much the human experience, that energy that exists and uh, trying to also be experimental with it, which I thought was, I don't know, like I, this is a hard recommend to people. I think for that reason where it's like, how would you describe this other than we're, we're doing what we want. We're being bold. We're telling an important story and we're showing a side of, of Japan that you might not be aware of that you should be aware of in this era. And we're going to have a great time with it as well. Um, and then we're also going to tell this, you know, classic story that you all should be aware of. Um, so it's just, it's so many things at once. And I feel that like when you have so many things at once, it usually is a complete freaking disaster. But this is like, this is like some amazing salad. Like it's, it's a perfect blend of things. And um, even though, um, I not to jump ahead, um, I know the ending of Oedipus, uh, Rex, I was like, holy shit, okay, like, so, um, we are, we are going there, um, so yeah, I definitely, it's, uh, I think it's hard to look away from just because I, I didn't want to miss anything when I was watching it, like, there's just, yeah, he's just, um, it's just so invested in experimental and just, um, willing to to go at lengths that uh, Hollywood would be like, yeah, no, that's not even going to be a commercial. <laughs> so, yeah. um, uh, that is, yeah, I guess that's uh, my sloppy uh, way of saying it's great. <laughs> as as strange and experimental as I, I love how they do. He he anchors it in these moments of just Eddie and her friends' lives. I love that game yep. they play. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. the one where. Um, they like are trying to walk a line, but if they fall off it, they have to like take off a piece of clothes. <laughs> yep. Like it's so silly and fun. It makes me think of like, I don't know. It's just you're seeing friends together, and yeah, you know, outside of the the rest of the drama between, um, you know, the the guy who runs the club or the, mm-hmm. the madam of the club. Mm-hmm. There's these great moments of just her with her friends that I think. You know, you, you may be pushed away by some of the more experimental moments, but it's those moments that always draw you back in. Yeah, um, and um, I, don't, to, to, I don't know to add to that. I don't know if you agree or not, Jessica, um, but, like, those moments with her with her friends, it's almost like that's their world, and, and they don't care about what's going on on the outside. And it's very – it's just very um, – there's just this kind of, like, this happiness that, ex- like, just like kind of exudes from it. And Oh, totally. Yeah, and it's just – it's beautiful. And I just mm-hmm. – you know. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, well, I look at PETA and what PETA has like PETA's like film career is very sparse and TV career is very sparse but within the last 15 years or so mm-hmm. PETA has done voices in the Draken, the Draken Guard games wait a minute did you say the last 15 years okay how did I not know this the, the <laughs> Draken Guard games my wife loves those oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. those are I'll have to play them now and hear, hear uh, PETA's voice yeah oh, PETA is in Three of them. Peta is in a Yakuza, a Yakuza game, Yakuza oh, Dead shit. Souls. Wow. Peta <laughs> wow. D- does a voice in Near from 2010. Near is oh, really I love cool. That game, yeah. A lot of yeah, a lot of people didn't play that. Like that movie's great, or like movie. That game is great. <laughs> That's yeah, a Squeenix that... game, isn't it? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah it's um, yeah. <laughs> the director of it's really good. I can't think of his name now, but 
Uh, those, yeah, those newer games are fascinating. I, I really want to replay it to hear that voice. <laughs> right, yeah. That's so cool. And, uh, yeah, against very sports, but I don't know, like, Pete also became, like, kind of a pop star for mm. a time, too. I see it. <laughs> when you say that, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a thing that, like, th- this is not a... I'm not trying to... Uh, uh, disparage PETA, and I mean it sincerely, PETA has like a rudimentary more quality, where like you see them perform and you're like well, this is the most char- charismatic person in the world. Yep. <laughs> That's definitely the energy, yeah, and you know what it made me think of, um, I mean I guess I don't know what you guys feel about this, so I saw um, Party Gras recently, do you guys know what that is? <laughs> and if not, that's totally okay. <laughs> so it's this summer tour, and it's with Brett Michaels from Poison and <laughs> and Night Ranger and um, Jefferson Starship. And there's this energy that uh, quite a few of these people have when they're on stage. You're like, oh, they're a performer, 100%. Like, that is the energy that PETA has. So I, I totally see it. Like, we're, 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 we, we should constantly be in that type of, of uh, in that type of space where we're, we're leading a crowd in some capacity. Like we have it. And I feel that's something you're kind of born with. You either have it or you don't. Yeah. Um, yeah that energy is there, but yeah, it's, party gras. <laughs> it's the, it's the Poochie, uh, it's the Poochie thing of like when, and Eddie's not on screen, you have to ask, where's Eddie? <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, Hey, what, what this is starting to get, where, what's going on? Like, <laughs> Except, yeah. except Eddie did not go, did not die and go back to their home planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, was that a Poochie reference? <laughs> the Simpsons? Yeah, yeah. And Joel's not here. Joel's Isn't a new here. character like that? I saw like a picture <laughs> online. I haven't watched new Simpsons at all. Like, I was like, I'm all set. But like, isn't there like a new character like that? It's like no a Poochie. Clue. Is there a new Poochie? I don't watch it either, so I can't tell yet. (laughs) My dad still watches it, and when I'm over there sometimes, I'll watch it with him, and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) See? I I had a feeling. I was like, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a Simpsons. My dad doesn't care. As long as, like, the the core people are there, it's like, it's good enough for him. I I wish I could be like that. I mean, that seems to be the case for a lot of people because there's enough right. to keep it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's watching that? That's kind of like all the, you know, the boomers watching like 5 million versions of CSI. Like, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, sorry for that non-funeral parade of roses tangent. <laughs> who cares? Okay. But, um... <laughs> like, yeah, Amanda, you're no longer the MVP. You're not coming back. <laughs> No, I, I, I'll you're be like, on for the rest of the episodes. <laughs> no, Amanda, you're kind of like the Martin Kessler type, where it's like I just mention a movie, and you're like, "I'm down," or you say, "Yeah, I've seen it, and I have the Blu-ray." <laughs> <laughs> I'm that sounds like I should go to the doctor, but you know, thank you, Spencer. <laughs> no, I mean, in a nice way. I'll be poochy. I can go back to my home planet. <laughs> no, no, you're fine here. You can go back later. Okay. Yeah, but, uh, so, uh, luckily, I'm curious, um, uh, Jessica, did you watch a trailer, any trailer for this before you watched it? Um, you know what, I did, when you first mentioned this to me, uh, a couple months, a few months ago, I did watch a trailer, um, I kind of forgot I had until just this moment, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't remember it very well, but yeah, I did see the trailer. 
Okay, the trailer, the okay, the Japanese trailer from the time. Um, uh, uh, one of the lines in trailer is it's a modern parody of Oedipus Rex. So parody? It's like, yeah, it's a, <laughs> what it's is flat, the parody? <laughs> what? So it's just flat out telling you like this is what the story is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it has footage from the end where uh, uh, Eddie uh, blinds uh, herself. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I see. I didn't know it was. I mean, I saw the trailer, but it was a while ago. I'd forgotten about it. I, saw, yeah. I didn't know anything about the Oedipus Rex angle of the film. Oh. Um, and around the moment where, like, once that knife or whatever she uses gets near the eyes, I'm like, oh shit, I know what I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah, didn't I... see any of the trailers, even to this day, I haven't. Um, and I feel bad about that um they are, not, they're, they're not like okay like, they're not like back to the future like type of trailers where it doesn't look anything like the movie are they <laughs> no, uh, no, no i think the, it reveals it pretty well all right they, they flat out tell you what the movie is then you get like these hard cuts and like, i can't imagine like being like imagine being in a theater you're gonna watch like the new zatoichi movie or whatever yeah and, and you see this all trailer and you're like what the fuck? What is that? Dude, so actually, I had an experience like that recently. So I saw Crimes of the Future in the theater, and yeah. and all of my trailers were the family animated movies. Huh. <laughs> it was Weird. wild. I was like, oh shit, I hope like I'm in the right theaters. Like, this doesn't seem like something Cronenberg fans would be interested in seeing. It was like, it was like I can't remember what they were, but it was like maybe that Bad Guys, or what was it called? That like weird animated movie that looked awful with the mm-hmm. dogs, I think. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and then Crimes of the Future actually started, and I was like, oof, okay. <laughs> I, I don't work with, I don't work in a, in a facility anymore with nurses, so I don't hear about kitty stuff as much oh, anymore good for you <laughs> when, when i worked at a nursing home i'd hear about like all the kid stuff from all the nurses oh wow you, you couldn't escape it yeah i would go to their the all of the people in the nursing home and be like let's talk about carrie grant <laughs> <laughs> actually one guy at the first home i worked at yeah he was a security guard on the fox lot in the 50s and 60s oh and he would tell me stories like, oh, yeah, I would see Cary Grant every day. I would see, like, Audrey Hepburn every oh, day. And yeah, he's friends an, with him. He's a featured extra in, uh, it's a Spencer Tracy movie from 1960. I have to look up what it is. I mean, it's a lot not, of those have Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> it's not one of those. It's the one about the Scopes Monkey Trial. This uh, guy. He, Inherit he, the Wind? Oh, yeah. Yes. That movie's great. Yeah, he, my, yeah, this guy's a featured extra in it, and uh, I still have never seen it. But that movie's uh, great. Yeah, the guy, he's uh, he's very uh, Catholic conservative, and so like he's kind of like evolution is bullshit. Uh, blah 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 blah. <laughs> One of those type people. <laughs> but he, he's a, he's a nice guy. I, I I did like hanging out with him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, well, on that on that note, the um, you guys know about the Noah's Ark experience, <laughs> <laughs> the oh, Ark the, Encounter. That... Do you know about that? It's in Kentucky. Uh, oh yeah, that thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I like. I'm I'm not gonna lie. That's on my bucket list because I want to see the animatronic dinosaurs. <laughs> But yeah. I don't want to give those people money. Oh no, I would sneak in, but I want to see the oh. dinosaurs. <laughs> no. 
And also, uh, the, this guy who worked at the Fox lot, he also was a uh, strongman in a circus, tra- traveling like circus for a while, too. The same guy? Wow. Yeah, the same guy. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> he lived quite a, a wildlife, but he left, left the facility for personal family reasons. Uh, he told me that... Uh, I probably shouldn't say his his family stuff is complicated and kind of fucked up. Hippo Spencer. <laughs> no, not not hippo. That's like person. okay, yeah, okay. Not, not magical stuff. This okay, family drama. That's like, why are you telling me this? We aren't that close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, yeah, um, well, that's cool. I would talk to him about about the fox lot all the time. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, I don't work there anymore. Uh, but yeah, I, I do miss talking to him. He always had interesting stories. Why don't you work there anymore? Because of the amount of work you have to do for crappy pay? <laughs> uh, yes, let's say that. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Like other people in healthcare should get paid more instead. Like doctors I mean, get paid a lot, but everyone else I should s- get paid more. But. Nah. <laughs> That's why I joined a union, and it has helped out a whole lot. Mm. Who knew? <laughs> okay, so... Uh, oh, yeah, so I was talking about the trailers, and... Yes. Um, the, but I haven't seen them, so this is where I'm no longer your MVP of the podcast. <laughs> so... Okay, and, and so, like, trailers kind of do, like, a pretty good job of showing, like, this is, like, how wild and in this offbeat this movie will be. Yeah, and something that I'm curious about is uh, the the whole incest uh, angle because it's Oedipus. Was that a surprise yeah. to you guys, or or was Eddie in the interview? And when he when Eddie spoiled the movie, not Eddie, uh, Peter spoiled the movie before the movie ended. Like, were you like, okay, I guess there's incest, or or did you think I? I was like, did I miss something with the, like, with the scenes with the mother? Like, I couldn't figure out, like, what was happening. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And, and and then in the last five minutes, like, I caught on pretty quick. But, uh... <laughs> God. But I was surprised. It's interesting they put that in there with the, right? yeah, that, that interview sequence. Yeah. It was definitely a gotcha with the interview piece. Um, I mean... I went into it knowing the, the Oedipus mm-hmm. Rex thing. However, I was still surprised, so I guess shame on me. And then uh, the first thing I thought of was the old boy, um, uh, Park Chan Wook movie from like mm-hmm. the early 2000s, not the new one, their newer one. Um, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh my god, like the trauma there. Um, so yeah, I was uh, I was not ready for it, even though I should have been. But that's what I thought of. I mean, there is that dynamic of uh, you know they don't realize. Yeah. What they are to each other. Right. Yeah, because, like, you get the repeated, um, like, insert shot clip thing of the yeah. the, the photo with the sh- cigarette burn over the face. Yeah, which, right, which up to that point, like, every I think you see it, like, more than once. I don't know, correct me uh, both if I'm wrong, but, like, more than once you yeah. see that photo with the, excuse me, that cigarette burn, like, happening and destroying his face. So, yeah. I was really stressed out when he found that picture. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's so, like the whole f- the uh, I, I'm not, I I have more to say, but like the the whole like ending segment when uh-huh. he when the, the picture discovered and they realize the uh what the whole thing is like I just love how the movie jumps from kind of like this 
uh, like I guess like almost like workplace drama of uh, yeah of Eddie's life into like oh this is a horror movie now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we changed real quick mm-hmm. <laughs> it goes from, oh, sorry oh Here no go. you you go I'm sorry the fake uh, blood that was a little bit much I just want to share that <laughs> yeah it goes from like this nice pristine like oh, yeah. this is a nice apartment to like holy shit this is a horror movie look all that blood <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah that was it yeah um, I, I just, my, thankfully my, uh, my boyfriend wasn't in the room when I was rewatching this cause, uh, he's definitely, one of his phobias is any amount of blood, like even like, like, you know, like a, a paper cut. And I was like, oh man, you'd pass out if you saw this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, I had, when the knife or whatever it was went to the eye, like I had, I, I, I had to turn my eye face away. I couldn't same. look at it. It was, it, it was, was too much. <laughs> It was more than like the Unchan Andalu movie, like slicing the eye scene, which I also struggle to watch whenever I rewatch that one. Um, yeah. Yeah, that I that was ruined for me because usually I'd skip that part and then, goddamn, Marcus Ten <laughs> did a side by side. I was scrolling through Twitter one day and I was like, oh fuck, I didn't want to see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> And yet Twitter or X, you know, bringing Vin Diesel, whatever it is these days. Like, they usually censor the wrong things, so uh, I guess the irony yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I just remember talking to Martin Kessler about it, and Martin said, like, if I post something like that, I'll put a, I usually put a warning ahead of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and, like, I, I can't hand, like, I, I like some fal- some faulty movies. I'll clarify some, because he made a lot of movies. Not all of them are good. But like the ocular trauma in those, I still, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still cannot sit through. And this, and this like eye stabbing, this is the fifth time I watched a movie. I still <clears throat> cannot look at it. That's okay. Are you are you trying to be funny that you can't look at it? <laughs> no, it's just like <laughs> I, that, that's one. Of the, that's one of the things that's just uh, is um. <laughs> it's like well, Eddie couldn't look at like, it either. Ha <laughs> ha. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything dealing with uh, like the what? eye, I can't handle. And like I, I was afraid of going to eye doctor uh, until like a couple years ago. I mean, that's understandable. Do you wear contacts? <laughs> uh, I have twenty twenty vision, but this is for migraines. Wow. To see, yeah. But Good like, I went to eye doctor yeah. once as no, a child, I and I got the I got the eye puffer thing and. And that scared me away from ever going back for like twenty years. I hate that. <laughs> oh, that's miserable. And I have, I have, I have uh, dark colored eyes. They didn't uh, warn so you or anything. They just puffed your eye. I didn't think it'd feel that like that. It just felt like a like I don't know. I, I freaked me out as a kid. But also, I have dark colored eyes, so I that's need extra eye drops for for dilation. Okay. And I can't do eye drops, yeah. so it takes like fifteen minutes. Mm. Or it feels like 15 minutes trying to get that done. I'm sorry, I'm laughing, Spencer. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't tell you they were gonna puff your eye. I think I was like maybe 10 or 11. I don't Damn. remember. They're like, oh, we're gonna get this kid. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. That's awful. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> yeah. But I learned I have migraines, so I guess going to a doctor recently worked. Oh. Right, so um, one thing I want to uh, so with the like 
So, like, you can kind of break down Female Parade uh, into, like, segments of there's, like, the dramatic, like, workplace stuff. You have the the love, romance stuff. You have sex. And then you have, uh, yeah. the, like, the two friend groups. One is just, like, Eddie and, and the girls. I forgot. I'm not sure if they're ever named. And then you have Eddie and, like, the young, I guess, like, college kids. Mm-hmm. Leftists. And yeah, the experimental filmmakers and... Yep. Yeah, and and watching this this time, everything like is is he is uh is this a parody of like making fun of like young leftists? Because this movie doesn't yeah, I'm not, like the movie is not right wing by any stretch, but like it feels like oh, they're making <laughs> they're they're making fun of like the like young college people, or showing like they can just be like ridiculous personalities. Because like I mean, Rivera has a fake beard, which is like a a, a constant yeah. joke throughout. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like you know, kid you know that's really trying to grow a mustache and and, and we're struggling. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of think it's just kind of poking fun at just how silly we are when we're younger. That's kind of how I took it, but I don't I don't know what his intentions are. But that's that's kind of literally how I took it. I mean, given the type of movies Matsumoto made, I have to imagine he he's probably probably poking fun at himself a little too i mean Mm -hmm. they're making movies not dissimilar to the type of stuff he himself does Mm -hmm. um yeah i have to imagine i I don't know if it's purely just making fun of him or maybe just poking fun at his own his own self you know his friends people like him yeah because it's not like malicious and like like mean mean yeah it's just kind of silly i guess Yeah. yeah it doesn't feel like old man screams at cloud it, no. it, it feels like <laughs> grandpa simpson yeah too, too, too many simpsons references already <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't want to be that kind of that type of simpsons fan damn uh, <laughs> the onion story are you gonna go off about your onions <laughs> no <laughs> um uh, and like also like the movie that they're making because you only see small clips, but every time you see it, I'm watching this, like, is this, like, a meta joke of, like, art, like, art experimental films can just be weird bullshit? Yeah. Or am I, or maybe I'm overthinking it, and, like, I don't know. Right, because, like, the whole vibe of the movie, like, is, like, fun experimentation, and also it feels like, like you guys were saying, like, also kind of making fun of, your, making fun of himself also at the same mm-hmm. time. I mean, I feel like the next time I watch this, I'm going to get new things from it. If I don't even know if that answers the question, but like I feel like every time I rewatch it, I get something new out of it. So I honestly don't know when I decide to revisit this in the near future if, if I'm going to feel that way. But having just rewatched it, that, that's, that's my take on it. Like I, I, I think it's just kind of, I think he's just so self-aware, or he was so self-aware that that's that's the angle we we have on this, hmm. if that makes sense. Kind of just his idea of things and what he views as important and what needs to be seen, and then just ultimately, you know, this is this is what I think and this is what what I've experienced and and just kind of seen that you all need to be aware of. And that's that's my general opinion of of this in general, this movie of his. But um, I don't know if I'll feel differently next time. Huh. Okay. Uh, what else? Like, uh, like what? Yeah, and th- you know, this is not like uh like the Pinky Violence was not a thing yet, but you get mm-hmm. that other girl gang that shows up at one point, and that, and that like, 
the pink ladies Fe- basically yeah yeah and that feels like a parody <laughs> of like what was to come of yes <laughs> with japanese movies and in, in, in oh, like a couple of years oh definitely i mean it's it's almost too on the nose kind of like if that poster behind eddie is in fact <laughs> the oedipus <laughs> movie that pasolini did is very on the nose um yeah i don't know i don't know what your thoughts are jessica on that one <laughs> On on the scene or uh, yeah uh, yeah unlike the the girl gang and how like girl gang movies became a big thing later yeah you know that's <laughs> honestly I I'm pretty familiar with the Japanese movies from like forty thirties through the late sixties and then I really don't know the girl gang movies of the seventies like once you get to the seventies I start to kind of fall off a bit so I I can't really speak to it I'm sorry <laughs> that's fine it's okay. They do like this pose thing where, like, they kind of like kneel in their hand, have their hand out, and it's like kind of like a like switchblade sisters thing because that's what I kind of thought of a bit. Yeah, I kind of thought of that too. Yeah, and there's a whole like ritual around it. Yeah, I feel like it's like a a spinoff of like yakuza stuff. Yeah, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just like I've seen a lot of pinky violence movies, and you see this type of thing. It's like I, I guess it was based off of real stuff slash uh, Toshio <laughs> thought it was probably thought it was funny and it's what he include that yeah um I'm trying to think besides Switchblade Sisters I'm trying to think what else like of that era it kind of made me think of but that's definitely the first one that comes to mind there was another was another 70s one what was the other I'm not trying to was it was it like I think police women? I don't remember, but it was kind of similar. And then there's like a she devil something like in the late '60s. I don't know. I'm I'm probably sounding like an idiot right now, but there was a few of them, and it's very similar. But there's also all these stereotypes. Like they're very, they're very much like, I think what people even just envisioning old Hollywood think of old Hollywood, where it's just kind of you have the damsel, and then you have like, you know the the um the femme fatale type of thing. Like it's very like like they're just one thing, and they're not like multidimensional. Um, so I, I kind of got a little bit of that from it where they're just, you know, this is it and it's just simple. And um, I don't know if that comes from, you know, again, Matsumoto, what his experiences are, or if we're just making, you know, being silly about it again, not necessarily making fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, which is not the case. So that's why everybody should watch Pre-Code Hollywood because it's not just <laughs> damsels and femme fatales. <laughs> And like, uh, one thing I'm curious about is, um, what what are your uh, uh, interpretations of the uh, of the title? Who me? Yeah. Oh, but both of you. Okay. Uh, funeral parade of roses. Um, kind of just. I, I ultimately for me the. I mean, I don't know if it's again too on the nose, but I took it as just the the death. Um, obviously funeral. So I was just like literally breaking it down into that where there's there's people dying um, and, you know, we, we murdered our mother and, um, you know, our father, you know, killed himself over realizing what the situation was and we stabbed their eyes out. And so just kind of all of the, the blood and the violence and that's that's the funeral piece. And then the I guess the roses, if you will, I guess parade, I kind of take that as or I took that as um just kind of the the beauty of of uh the friendships that eddie had and uh and just kind of uh, that energy that they had and, and all the fun and the great times they had together so i kind of i took it as like kind of the dark side of the movie and, and the 
the, the mm. positive, fun, energetic side of the movie. But I could be entirely wrong, but that's how I've always interpreted it. Well, and there was that recurring visual motif of the, um, of, uh, you know, there, there were, we, more than once we saw that shot of the, um, I, I don't know if these characters, you know, I, they, they looked like they were men. Yeah. Um, but with, you know, there's always that one with the, uh, with the rose, you know. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, I mean, ro- roses, flowers seem to be a uh, recurring theme. Um, just kind of re- yeah, recurring theme throughout the film. Yeah, r- like roses are everywhere if you pay, if you, like, really look for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, to my point, this movie, I think, is, like, endlessly rewatchable. And, like, anytime you watch it, you're going to get something new out of it, which is, which is exciting. Because I don't think a lot of movies are that way. Yeah. Um, and what do what do roses generally represent? I mean, I always understood that they represent like love, but do they represent anything else? Because I was kind of curious to see if there was a, even a deeper meaning to that. Yeah, there may be a Japanese, you know, right. cultural meaning that that is honestly maybe lost on us. Right, uh, it'd be something that'd be worth looking into probably before this podcast was done. But <laughs> right, <laughs> whoops, <laughs> sorry, Spencer. <laughs> but yeah, no, I have no idea. I was thinking that while I watched. Yeah, the, I could have looked it up. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, is it also what our idea is of it? Exactly. Um, yeah, sorry, Spencer. You're like, oh, I'm cutting this whole section out. <laughs> oh no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like. I, also, like it's the the title's literal at points because there are multiple parades throughout the movie. Yeah, there are. Yeah. And usually, and, and some are funerals, and some, and there's at least one where people are holding roses. Holding roses. There's the protest and, too. Yeah, the protest, and I can't help but think like, is this, uh, like, are these like, uh, like meta jokes of this is what the title is, or is it just? Or does there a deeper meaning to it? But mm-hmm. again, makes me want to watch the movie again. Exactly. And like think about it more. What about what about Eddie when Eddie's in the um, looking at those um, that display um, that art display either in a museum or in an art gallery and all those masks. Like that, I don't know. That kind of had me. I don't, and I was like, is this is this that on the nose of of you know in the, the need for for um, kind of uh, disguises or is is that what it means or is it mean is it we're interpreting kind of just in viewing the trauma of of what we experienced with our mother and with our father like what what is this I don't know what yeah. what both of you thought with that but I don't know because like a mask is like such a powerful simple thing to put in a movie mm-hmm. it can mean everything mm-hmm. and like. I have to rewatch it again to see if, like, if it's, like, a no mask or whatever. Right. I know, like, Pen Fort- Fortress has a lot of references to no, uh, N-H-O. Mm-hmm. It's a, Jap- for listeners who do not know, it's a, a Japanese theater that predates uh, Kabuki. And it's not, uh, if you're not familiar with it, like, it will just be so far and strange the first time you see it. But it's just more about movement and dance. Uh, dance, yeah. And yeah, there's no way to describe it besides like you just have to see it to understand what it is. And there's a lot of like a, sp- a specific like face, like makeup, um, face uh, things that like that the that the, that the type of theater does to represent different things. I know, like. Like certain Kurosawa movies have like references to no drama, mm-hmm. and I can't. And now I want to rewatch this and be like, are those no mask or 
something. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and uh, what, what was it? Oh, like one thing that this, as far as I know, uh, Toshio um, Matsu. Matsumoto, I think, is how you Matsumoto. say it, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, um, as far as I know, he he was a uh, straight man, but mm-hmm. the thing that like this makes this movie so powerful to me is it really feels like he just let uh, Peta and the other like uh, like you know trans people just kind of just like be people and just let them like just tell them, like just go do like what you do. It feels like he mm-hmm. didn't give them like much direction just besides like I don't know what what do you think is cool. <laughs> It's very organic. I, I felt the same energy of just, you know what, I want to, you know, of course, tell this story and, and but also, um, you know, just show, you know, you and, and, and your, and your, and your friends in this space and in this world that maybe I might not understand. And then, the, but it's done in a way I think that was kind of um, loving and, and open and expressive too um and again i think that's why that energy exists because it's not you know it's not there's no restraint there and there's no i'm gonna you know enforce what i am and what i think and what i know on you so i think i think that makes it interesting because to your point i was like oh okay we we really are not a part at all of this community um and we made this movie and as somebody who also is not um i thought that that was just honestly incredible because you know how, how are you able to do that that's kind of like um, I don't know. Just recently seeing Barbie, like um, it was it was great that Greta Gerwig made that movie and not somebody else in Hollywood. So, to my point, so um, I don't know. I found it I found it interesting and somewhat uh, kind of amazing that it that it worked as well as it did. And I think to your point, like he's just like I'm gonna back away from this and and you you teach me ultimately. Well, I I mentioned this earlier, but I I do think that those those interviews really help with that, especially I mean yeah. They don't. When you see them being interviewed, they're not any different than they were on, you know, in the in the fiction uh, portions of the film. Right. Um, it really that it makes it all feel kind of almost of a of a piece. You know, you're you're not seeing. Right. You're not seeing performance. I mean, you're seeing performance, but not in. You know, they're they're playing themselves. They're being right. themselves in it. So, and you you get that sense from you know. Oh, how they are within the fiction of the film is how they are within their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like just so, cause like when I think like uh, like more mainstream cinema of this time and like queer characters, it's stuff like the Children's Hour, where it's mm. like oh the the gay character kills herself. Oh, oh, oh sorry, spoiler alert if you haven't seen that. It's also <laughs> a famous play. <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's or so like. Or it's like it's the it's a gay man who wants to have sex with this straight man, and here's this like there oh there's 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 people, and it's this I I can't like it just feels so radical for a movie of this time period to be like not being not made by like a queer director as far mm-hmm. as I know just to be like there's people too, uh, <laughs> show their life experience. Who knew? No, it's, it's very forward thinking in a way that I'm not used to. I mean, yeah. I I have, you know, what what little writing career I have has made a career of defending a couple movies that are maybe by modern, well, not by modern standards, but are anti-trans uh, to some degree. Uh, mm. Big Dress to Kill fan. Um, I love that movie, but 
Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the piece, my most notable piece is defending it, but, um, and yet, like, but despite that, like, I, I really haven't seen anything like this before. Um, I mean, I haven't seen all of the, like, the Andy Warhol stuff when, mm-hmm. you know, he, he had a lot of trans people around him, but I can't even imagine that would be right. as, you know, you really felt like you were seeing into, um, uh, a subculture that, especially for that time period, you really never saw. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like, 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 I compare, compare to John Waters earlier, but, like, early John Waters is, like, well, this is, like, renegade, like, queer artsy cinema, but mm-hmm. it's made by a renegade, you know, mm-hmm. queer artist. And this is, like, this is this kind of a interesting guy who found these interesting people, and he's not a part of this group. And right. it's this, yeah. And, and I don't know, I don't, as far as I know, there's, it's, this is not like Paris is burning type situation, mm-hmm. which in case people do not know, uh, the director of that, she basically just used that as like, you, you talk, use that whole scene as a jumping off point of like, look how artsy and cool I am. I have <laughs> all these queer people and then yeah. I will not invite them or talk to them after <laughs> the, invite them to the premiere or talk to them at all after I'm done. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of I don't know, are we are we just props? Like are we really doing that here? Like to your point. Um I'm trying to think too of other movies like I was like if I were to do a double feature, is there not to take away from asking the question, Spencer, but, like, is there any other movie both of you would think would be really cool to pair with this that would be interesting? Because the first thing I thought of was Liquid Sky, but I don't know if that would work exactly. Oh, I don't know. Um, my, gut, my gut would be, like, Agnes Varda. Yeah, right? Maybe mm. you do Cleo from 5 to 7, not to... Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, like... Let's see. I'm trying to think who who else is like as what else is like just as radical and right. Yeah, because like really like Varda feels like the only person who kept as far as as far as I've seen who kept doing like radical experimental stuff throughout. Mm-hmm. And she made a lot of movies. And she so just like, she's always just been the human experience to me. Just her, her love and affection of people. But yeah, maybe you do that. Yeah, and uh, like a little, well, like a thing that makes this, like an element that I always find interesting is that I kind of notice more and more is the performance art yeah. uh, that you see, yeah, and then th- like throughout on the street, and then the end. I've heard some people say like the reason the people react the way you do to seeing Eddie with the uh, uh, eye wounds is they assume it's just some weird performance art. <laughs> Um, well, that's the problem with, right there, as we're assuming. So. Yeah. I mean, they do seem horrified at points, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the woman with the like, baby that saw that had me dying, though. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> so. Yeah, but also, like, you see, like, throughout the movie, there's, like, performance artists, and you see, like, I, I would assume real reactions of people being, like, 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 you know, like, oh, God, it's more of these weirdos. They probably didn't even know the movie was being made, to be honest with you. It could have been, like, a French connection thing where we're just like, yeah, you're going to drive, like, a lunatic on the street. Like, 
So you know, like a, like Ace Hong Kong, like some right. of those movies are like we're going to have a fight scene in the pub in public, but not tell anyone we're doing <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly, like they, that could have been it because those reactions look pretty real. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And like also mirrors show up a lot, and yeah. mirrors are another powerful thing. Oh, speaking of. Um, uh, what, what, what the, the, uh, the the French director that you brought up with all his love of mirrors and I'm having a total mind blank um, and they're all in black and white uh, uh, he's even got sequences of mirrors turning to liquid and people oh uh, Jean Cocteau yes um, I thought a lot of that with those scenes even I, though it was I, very mirror mirror on the wall type of things going on I was like oh yeah yeah I'd say, like, maybe Kenneth Anger could pair with this, but Kenneth Anger never did, like, a long-form movie, as, as far as I know. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so at all, or else I probably would have watched that a bazillion times. Um, yeah, because, like, I've only seen a couple, but the longest one I've seen is... Uh, like, Scorpio, Scorpio Rising. Ri- yeah. Yeah, that's, ha- that's <laughs> half an hour long. Yeah. Although, Russell, rest in peace. Um, yeah. Rest in power. I mean, yes. uh, uh, Kenneth Anger. Yeah. That was like, that was like two months ago, right? And I just can't. Yeah. What, what year yeah. is this? But yeah, two months ago. He was 96 <laughs> or 97. So, like. Yeah, I'm not making it to that uh, age, let me tell ma- you. Maybe, maybe become <laughs> Satanist and you'll live a long time. <laughs> <laughs> They're happier, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, uh, like, uh, a big part of this movie is you can't. You can describe it and talk about it a lot, but also you're missing most of it because it's just a it's not, it's not pretentious, a pure cinematic experience. But it actually is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally agree. That's very. Um, I mean, it's a good. I mean, I guess it's good that the film bros on Twitter don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> they won't know what to do with it. No, <laughs> they would not. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is one of my, I'd say maybe top ten favorite movies of all time. It's the uh, first time I watched it, I was like, I, I just liked it. Yeah. I, I, it took a while to piece together. Yeah. But the more I, but the second time I was like, oh, this is brilliant, and I'll never see anything quite like this ever again. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it definitely reminds me of, of so many other things, but it's also its own unique thing. And t- to your point, yeah, it's this, especially with um, current movies that are being made. Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't expect anything like this anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, I guess like uh, um, Pasolini counts as a radical queer art too, mm-hmm. but he, but he was more uh, more concerned with politics than like queerness. It felt mm-hmm. like. Although the last few movies, there's a lot of penis, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But besides that, like, his main thing was just, like, fascism is shitty. And then, you know, that, and people, and people love them for that, obviously. He lived a, a long, happy life. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. I, I'm joking, but if you don't, don't know how he died, look up how he died. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk great, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yeah. This movie is on Blu-ray. It's streaming sometimes. 
I think, um, I, I think I checked and it was on like canopy. I don't remember. Maybe. I hope so. I'm checking right now. Let's see. <laughs> I tried to, yeah, I tried to like look and it was, I think, I know it was on movie at some point. I don't think it is anymore. Uh, yeah, it's currently, I, I know it's different for different library systems, so not yeah. everything on canopy is always there. But generally, it is the same across. And so, yeah, Funeral Parade of Roses, I do see that on Canopy currently. Nice. Okay. Yeah, the Delaware, so, yeah, watch it. <laughs> yeah, the Delaware <laughs> Library System does not have Canopy yet. Damn. Which, what? uh, Delaware is pretty, pretty, if, uh, I forgot, I forgot to say it's the beginning of the episode. Trans rights are human rights. And, mm -hmm. uh, get involved. Learn what's going on. Um, I, I, like... And even though there's a lot of bad news, there are good things happening. In my state of Delaware, um, uh, uh, Sarah McBride, who was one of the first openly trans politicians to win state office, she is running for Congress for a representative. Oh, that's exciting. And I fucking love Sarah. She rules. She uh, uh, worked on bills that helped, like, families and mm -hmm. uh extend uh things like abortion and uh you know uh legalized marijuana you know stuff that uh will help people in the long run crazy yeah, that <laughs> lunatic <laughs> although not to you know, not to go too dark but my fear is uh, something might happen because of what's happening in this country because of extremists but uh, i really hope that does not happen but yeah hmm. Yeah, but yeah, Sarah McBride is running for Congress. The first, I believe, the first openly trans person to run for Congress. Or one of the first. But anyway, yeah, she is fucking awesome. Yeah. And uh, at, at the last Pride event, uh, I, we, me and my partner left early, but uh, Sarah was there not too long after we left, and I was kind of annoyed, like, I could have met Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> You will anyway. keep going. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's like the only local politician I actually give a shit about. You're like Delaware is small. <laughs> <laughs> like I say local. There we have. Uh, anyway, that that were usually a pretty cool state overall. I mean, the Chesapeake Bay Bridge terrifies me, but the <laughs> aside from that, <laughs> uh, it's. I, I get what you mean. Having to go under the bay twice, I'm like, I'm all set. I'm like, but here we go, we're doing it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And when you grow up here, you kind of you get used to get it. Used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, how do we go with this? Okay. Yeah. 1969. Oh no, no. Before I get that, Amanda, you are returned for something. I have to look at the list again. And or... I have no idea. So you're gonna have to remind me. <laughs> oh. Um. Uh, Boonwell movie. Oh, that's right. Episode. Did, did we pick it? I don't know if we no, did. No, I'm letting you and you and you and Tume pick what movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a Fernando Ray one. Probably. And uh, and you'll be back for other stuff, probably. Yes. And Jessica, you'll be back to talk about um the skin I live in. Oh, a cool. very feel-good movie. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> All the warm fuzzies. <laughs> and Hitchcock. Uh, because I'm not a big Hitchcock guy. 
I know you love Hitchcock, so... I, I, I love, yeah, I love Hitchcock. So, I don't think we've picked one yet, but... Yeah. I'm leaving it up to you, because oh, I, I don't know what <laughs> what the interesting ones are. I, I, really? Damn. I've seen, like, five or six, but... Wow. I don't... It's not like a Godar thing where I'm like, I don't care. It's just... <laughs> I, 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 want, I want someone who's, who's passionate and loves Hitchcock to be like, these are the good ones that are really interesting. Let's talk about it. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, Jessica, you you just let me know which which one we talk about. I'm okay. pretty much down for whatever. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, geez, there's like 20 I could pick. But okay, yeah, I'll figure it out. We can do multiple episodes. He, he made We're gonna do movies. 20 episodes, Jessica. <laughs> All right. So uh, where is it? okay, 1969, kind of a big year. I will. Okay, I I have too many, so I'll try to be quick with mine. One is Porchile, a Pasolini movie. It's a Pasolini movie. It's artsy. The plot doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it's about leftist politics in, in the Catholic Church. I'm describing every Pasolini movie. Just just track yeah. down Porchile. <laughs> it's uh, magical. Yes, pigsty. It's magical and wonderful. Um. Isn't there a cannibal the kid... in that? Who? Cannibal? Isn't there a cannibal? Yes. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt um, you. <laughs> who was that hunky guy? The really handsome guy. Um, the, guy... the kid in the 400 he... blows? <laughs> no, he's in it. No. Um... Oh, God. What's his name? I'm wrecking it for you. I'll shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the actor's name. He always plays that kind of mysterious, artsy weirdos. He's oh, the, in... the guy in The Conformist, right? And He died kind of young. I'm just trying to remember what his name is. I mean, that's not helping. <laughs> uh, Pierre something, right? Is that what you mean? Pierre? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Pierre Clementi. There we go. There we go. That's what I'm trying to think of. Yeah, he's in it. I love Pierre Clementi and pretty much everything I see him in. Mm-hmm. He's like uh, what James Franco thinks he is, <laughs> in my opinion. Okay. Um, yeah, the, uh, the pigsty, it's, yeah, and it's like cannibals. There's like kind of a weird alternate feature thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. Just track it down. Uh, Eros plus Massacre, it's a radical political leftist artsy fartsy Japanese movie um kind of similar to Female Prayer Roses a little bit but hmm. also not and uh I don't know how to really explain it succinctly but if you like Female Prayer Roses yeah, you would probably like Eros Plus Massacre um Goyoken it's a samurai movie directed by uh, the underrated uh master Hideo Gosha mm-hmm. starring Nakadai so, and it's all set in the snow, so it's awesome. And it's Nakadai, who is a greatest actor alive, and a greatest actor to ever appear in film, also, in my personal opinion. And uh, I'm skipping Jeff Franco one because uh, who cares? I, I got something better. Go Go Second Time Virgin, which is a Wakamatsu movie I talked about with Bradley and Dan on Movies from Hell, mm-hmm. and it's the first film appearance of beat Takeshi and he's playing a rapist <laughs> it's well, it's a movie 
it's a movie that's hard to sum up. Just uh, these this girl gets assaulted on a rooftop, and a guy sees it, uh, and st- it's. Do you, I don't do you know have how any happy to. Happy movies, Spencer. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. It's one of those weird movies that you have to watch it. It's kind of brilliant and masterful, and okay. I don't know how. And it's also like an hour long too, so it's you're in and out. Wakamatsu um, is weird to sum up and describe. You just have to watch it. <laughs> and listen, or listen to me and Bradley and Dan talk about Wakamatsu for like two hours. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's it. Um, Jessica, Amanda, you can, can go next. Uh. <laughs> uh. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. Okay. I'll go. Okay. Um, I only picked one. Uh, I, I kind of picked it last minute, but um, I was trying to think of something else, maybe around this time, that was not not dealing exactly with the same things. But I was thinking about um, you know, time period and the way that like you know, in America at least, and it seems probably in throughout the world there was you know, the, a sexual revolution. And it got me thinking of the movie, um, the uh, Paul Mazursky film, uh, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, um, which is very different, but it's also from um, Funeral Parade of Roses, but it's also dealing with kind of these changing thoughts around you know, sexuality and, and gender, um, where this is more basically about, you know, foursomes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very fun funny um uh dated i think in a way that maybe a funeral parade of roses isn't mm-hmm. um but a comedy drama from uh, late 1969 which I've, I've always liked a lot um and uh famously had some impact on the uh, influence on the final episode of Mad Men, which i'm a big fan of so <laughs> i didn't know that that's cool yeah yeah the um the place they stay at in Mad Men mm-hmm. is um, modeled off of the place that uh, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice um, stay at the, uh, the the retreat they're at in uh, in that film. That's awesome. Your turn. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> um, so I have um, a very curious girl, which is a Nellie Kaplan movie, and. I don't know about you both, but um, whenever Criterion Channel is like, hey, um, these are leaving in a month, I'm like, oh, crap, I have to watch all of these. (laughs) (laughs) And I never saw, this is like about, I think, like a year ago now, like Nellie Kaplan. I had an idea of who she was, um, and I was like, I need to see her movies, and her movies are great. I think she's somebody that isn't, you know, nearly has the, you know, a lot of people talking about her movies as, as they should. She's somebody that people need to definitely discover. And uh, A Very Curious Girl is uh, definitely a standout. Um, and so there's like this, um, I don't know if either of you have seen it, um, but Basically, um, she is hated by the locals. She lives in this fake village. They're very poor. Um, and she is like a sexual object for people, including like there's, um, uh, I think her boss is a lesbian, but like it's, but anyways, um, and it's a wild movie. It's silly. It's funny. Um, it's probably would be described as a comedy and it's just kind of wild and just an awesome time. And, uh, the character's great. Um, Bernadette LaFont, 
as the main character. Um, and I highly recommend it. And I have no idea where the heck you can watch this right now. But even just Nellie Kaplan's movies in general, they're amazing. Um, but that movie's definitely a standout. And it's almost has like a fantasy element to it too, which just kind of has this this vibe where you know things are definitely fictitious and where she's living. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. And uh, she... My favorite part of it is she basically uses her, her sexuality to take revenge on people. <laughs> so that's where the comedy definitely uh, comes into play. And it's hysterical. And, uh, yeah, very curious girl. Um, I'm trying to think, um, you know, uh, let's see here. What else I would say? Um, there's, think. A, uh, th- there's a World War II movie that I almost picked, but it feels too obvious. The World year. War II movie? Yes. What was that? Army of Shadows. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, John Pierre Melville, yeah. Oh, that movie is, I feel like it's long, too, but that movie's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess people yeah. that don't know he was in the, the French Renaissance, but yeah, the movie's really cool. Or yeah. The Resistance, rather. Oh, yeah. The Renaissance, mm-hmm. The Resistance. <laughs> um, yeah, but, that, that's, um, a movie, that's a movie that I, I always heard, it's the greatest movie ever made. And I watched it, and I was like, yeah, that's the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's amazing. Um, and the poster's really cool, too. Or the art that they use for the poster. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, it's not. I wouldn't say the movie's great, but it's kind of like a weird Toby Hooper movie that I think a lot of people haven't seen. Eggshells. I don't know if either one of you have oh, seen Oh, no, I've not seen that one. I've been I searching like for that for a long time. I f- don't remember how I saw it. It was um, for, like, a Hooptober thing I did. Um, Cinemonster is the name of um, the, the Twitter account. Um, and he's a really cool guy. And he does that, like, every Halloween. And, like, you have to... And it's always something I look forward to. Like, you have to watch, you know, one Toby Hooper film. And then he picks all these other categories. And you have to somehow get it done in a month. Um, and what's cool is it's gotten me to really try to explore all these different horror movies I haven't seen. And for me, it was like, well, that's the only Toby Hooper movie I haven't seen. And I might have found it, I think, on YouTube or other means that uh-huh. I shouldn't mention. But um, it is not a horror movie, and the poster is really cool. It's this really weird experimental movie, and it's about a bunch of hippies in a commune, and there's some weird thing that they discover in their basement. And it's like, I don't know if it's alien exactly, but it's just strange. And the movie is... Like, yeah, like I said, it's not great. It's just, what the hell is this? And so it's interesting. Um, and I highly recommend that if you can track it down. Um, and aside from that, also, um, you know, Frosty the Snowman came out this year, and it's kind of a, <laughs> it's kind of a classic. And then there you go. Those are my, those are my choices. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some other stuff that I'm saving for another episode, because I want... Uh, Besides your Boonwell episode, I yeah. will do one on the, on the Milky Way, which is my oh. favorite Boonwell movie. That movie is cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Although I feel like you and Tumi will probably pick like uh, uh, a Fernando Ray one, which is totally fine. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, how could you not? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. Well, I, I know the perfect person for Milky Way. The the our Catholic expert John Arminio. Because if it's Catholic, he's he's a perfect person for it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <coughs> definitely. Yeah, anyway, yeah. So, uh, thank both of you for your time and uh, when you're talking about this amazing movie with me. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I, I again, thanks for introducing me to it because it was I loved it. It was great. Yeah, well, you're welcome. And uh, early thank you for. Um, Picking some cool uh, Hitchcock stuff that I've probably <laughs> never watched. 
I've only seen the basics. I never like done a, a deep dive. Damn, I can't wait to listen to those. It's gonna be great. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> All yeah. twenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll probably like, beat two at the most. Nah. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, I write for Grumpire. I wrote a piece on Godfrey Cambridge, who was an actor, civil rights, civil rights activist, um, writer. He did. Uh, he, he's on stage. He did stage. He um, he was nominated for a Tony once. But he lost to Walter Matthau. Um, anyway, he, he had a whole huge, massive career in life that ended very abruptly when he, he died in his 40s. Like I wrote, about, wrote him for Grumpire, and I wrote about Stormy Weather. Because uh, that is a secretly a punk movie. And uh, I have other stuff in the I'm working on for Grumpire. So, uh, and... I'm on podcasts sometimes, like Movies from Hell. I'm on a bunch of those. Just kind of dig through episodes like of the last, I'd say, two, three years. You'll hear me a couple times. Uh, that's it. Um, uh, Jessica, what you got? Um... You know, not really a whole lot right now. I had a big move recently. I do have some writing out there, but I haven't had any new pieces in a bit. Um, mainly just trying to get settled and f- focusing on my fiction. Um, I, I post a lot uh, on my Twitter at Bad Post LLC, but that's that's about it right now. That's my focus. My art <laughs> is my posting. <laughs> and you are great at it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, Amanda, what, what you got? Uh, I mean, I'm on, you know, X gonna give it to you or Twitter or whatever the heck it's called now and um, at what is W Mass Liberty um, I mostly talk about movies sometimes like food or um, my little birds that I have and um, sometimes video games um, I think I'm trying to remember and it's awful like I'm not good with time right now um, <laughs> at all um, but like I did um uh, I think one of my more recent episodes I did was with uh, the movie food podcast and we talked about uh, the really crappy Mario movie from the 90s, and then the newer one, and then video games. Um, so there's that. Yeah. The um, 90s one is a fascinating mess. Yes, and um, it's also nowhere to be found. So I was like, hey guys, like you want me to talk about this? Like <laughs> I haven't seen this in years, and I remember hating it when I was even a small child. So you're going to have to help me here? Yeah. <laughs> um, wow was it bad um but anyways we talked about that we talked about the new one and then like i said video games um and then i have um a few friends on um a nerdy podcast because nobody does that and sorry guys uh <laughs> so wizard podcast is what it's called um and they like making me watch movies they know i'll hate so <laughs> i recently talked about fast x um and uh, that's that's a good time um yeah so um that's kind of i think my latest things what? I hope you don't do Blue Beetle because I, oh, I, for- that trailer. I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm looking forward to Blue Beetle. I love Jaime Reyes. He is. Are you? Favorite- yes, I. He's one of my favorite ho- DC characters. I hope it's great I, just for you. I do like those comics. <laughs> I, I, I hope they don't make me watch that. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm glad it's not Ted Court. Ted Court is fine. Yeah. <laughs> not my. I not like my pro- both Blue Beetles. <laughs> That's. My first Blue Beetle was Jaime. It's like going back with like I I like Jaime more. (laughs) (laughs) 
But, uh, yeah, that's all I gotta say. And, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, WMS Liberty on Twitter. Just, uh, that's it. Not that much exciting going on, but uh, I'm happy to talk to anyone about anything. All right. And, uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter and, and all that stuff. You mean I'm X? X, well, I guess. <laughs> I will never call it that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Instagram under Veda underscore Huff. It's a reference to the Spike Lee classic, She Hate Me. <laughs> Don't watch the movie. It's fucking awful. <laughs> it's. I don't remember it. Yeah, I it's, believe it's, you. It's, uh, CGI jizz, lesbians. You oh. don't really need much more than that. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's over two hours. It's not worth sitting through. It's it's. Don't garbage. tell me. I will rewatch it. <laughs> oh, rewatch it then. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts on it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know you. I know you're gonna hate it because it's a garbage fucking movie. There we go, adding it and putting it in the top of my watch list, so I rewatch it. <laughs> Although Falcon is in it from the MCU, it's one of his early starring roles. Uh-huh. They grow up uh, so which, fast. Anthony yeah. Mackie, is that who you mean? Yes. Okay. You get a baby Anthony Mackie as a as a good to star in a Spike Lee movie, <laughs> I don't but it's. That. I know I've seen it, but I don't remember that. That's wild. Not to go on a tangent, but Falcon and Winter Soldier was so boring. <laughs> I saw the first episode where I think Falcon got denied a, a, a bank loan or something. And <laughs> I just didn't keep going. You're like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch how many, 300 minutes of this or whatever just saved the universe. Is. Yeah. <laughs> God. All right. So, uh, okay. Sorry, Spencer. Uh, it's, it's fine. I don't know when I don't know when I'll be dropping this episode, but it will be vague future. So yeah. again, thank you both of you, and uh, good night, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time it is. Our theme music is by James Fell. Our logo is by Andrew Bargeron. You can find him as Jemetsko on Threadless, TeePublic, Redbubble, Shirt Woot Catalog, and T-Theory. That is spelled G-I-M-E-T-Z-C-O. You can find our show in previous seasons on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and other places where you can find podcasts.